Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. Today's podcast is a solo episode and I'm going to be sharing with you a couple of my thoughts surrounding things that you need to consider and think about before or even if you have just launched a business recently. So I've kind of jotted down like five tips before starting a business in 2022, but even if you have an existing business and you're kind of just wanting to inject a little bit of life and energy and love into it, some of these tips might be helpful when it comes to food for thought. Now, I don't often sit down and record any kind of business guidance episodes for the podcast. One, because I don't think I'm an expert at all in the field, but two, just because I'm not sure if people are super interested in hearing it. But then when I was brainstorming for topics that I could really speak about, something that kept coming back to me was the fact that I have in fact managed to work pretty successfully for myself for the last eight years. So there is one or two things, there are one or two things I should say that I do know about having a business, starting a business, running them. As I said, I'm not an expert. I don't know everything. I'm not going to sit down and give you a step-by-step tutorial because there are people who are far more qualified to do so, but I'm not completely green. To owning a business. So these are a couple of things that came to me on the topic. And this first one is probably only relevant if you haven't yet started your business. But again, I've rebranded many times. Like there are times when you just need to pivot. And I've done that before, as I said, many times. So the first one is choosing a name for your business and then registering it, going and registering your business name. You may also like to trademark your business name as well. And also go and see if you can own the Instagram and Facebook and probably TikTok, definitely TikTok now, the social handle for your business name, because that might actually be more of a deal breaker than you think. Because nowadays, when people are looking at businesses, we do look for that social proof, which happens via social media. So if you have a great business name, but you can't use the social media handle, it might actually be worth considering if that is a good idea, or at least having a look at what are the variations that you can use with that that business name. So say, for example, the fray, I couldn't get at the fray on its own because someone else has it and they're not responding to me. I wish they would, but they're not. I'd say it's a dead account, but I can't get that. So I had to have like the fray with underscores and I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with it because if you search it, like if someone was to search for the fray on social media, it comes up easily and obviously, and that's the account. 
but I did have other business names picked out and I couldn't get a username and it was kind of enough to make me go, oh, I just don't think there's going to be that cohesion. And social media is really important for most business, um, for most business styles nowadays. So choose your name, have a look and see if the handles are available. Even before you've registered the business name, if the handles are available, just snap them up, just secure them now. Even if you're thinking you're not going to do anything with it for a little while, at least secure the name so that you have got it. When it comes to names as well, it might be worth just testing them with friends and seeing what they think of those names. There are times when it's like you don't actually need to use, you know, you might just have a name and you love it so much that you don't really care what other people think. But if you have access to your target market, say, for example, for me, the people that I'm recording this podcast for, I would consider to all be in line with the sort of people that I would probably hang out with. They're my friends. So when I was rebranding and changing from the Kylie Camps podcast and wanting to create the fray.com and the fray podcast, I asked a lot of my friends how they felt about the name. And what was interesting is when I shared the name, so many people came back to me with their understanding of the meaning without me even having to explain, oh, the, the fray is all about the fraying in life when things come undone, being able to choose what you want, you know, weaving a life that you love, choosing the threads of life that are important to you. And the fray is also a space and it also means from. So when it comes to names, if you have people that you would consider to be kind of in your target market of customers, it's not a bad idea to just run the name past them and see what their what the overall response is. And names are important, but they're not everything. You can always pivot and change the name later and yeah, try not to get too stuck on having the perfect name because sometimes you just need to start. Number two, have a really clear idea of the problem that you are solving with your business. So really knowing what the pain point is and why your business exists and what your business is going to do for the customer. Now, it could be the pain point of someone not loving their hair and you are a hairdresser who is going to have this salon that is specifically about really creating an experience for your client. Or it can be a pain point that's like, People don't know how to start a podcast. So you're going to create a podcast tutorial um, program, like a course online that people can complete. Really, really immersing yourself and asking and meditating and thinking deeply, brainstorming on the actual pain point that you are solving, because that's going to give you a lot of intel on the type of person that you are speaking to. And when I say type of person, I guess I mean your um, your ideal customer avatar, which is point number three. Have a think about your audience and that customer avatar. Who are you speaking to? Um, and it, it kind of depends on how, how deep you want to go here. Some business um, coaches will recommend that you do go really deep on creating different customer avatars and building a bit of a story about that avatar. So when I say avatar, it's a representative of someone that you're speaking to. So say, for example, back to this podcast, I feel really confident about the type of person or the type of people that are listening to this podcast. I feel without even knowing you personally, that I could have some sort of a grasp, some sort of intel 
on how you operate in the world, on the things that you are interested in, the age bracket that you most likely sit within. And so regardless of the business that you are working on, you could be working on a roofing business, having a little think about who is your customer? Who's the person that's going to reach out to you? Is it likely that they are married? Are they likely in their 30s? Are they likely first home buyers? Just sitting down and really creating that avatar so that you know who you are talking to and who you are creating products or services for. Who are the actual people that have these pain points that you are solving? And that is super, super useful just to know, like just to know from a business point, but it's also really useful if you're going to be doing any targeted sort of marketing. It's useful when you think about your brand Bible, which I'm about to speak on now. So tip four is have a brand Bible and that brand Bible is going to include your visual branding decisions. So because you know who you're marketing to, you can also think about what might appeal to them, such as this podcast. I'm not going to brand it with really thick, aggressive font and have a monster truck and like black and yellow (laughs) typography because that wouldn't be aligned with the message that I am presenting. It's not aligned with the business in general. So when you know your ideal customer, your ideal target market, Then you create your visual branding and you think, what's going to appeal to these people? What's going to make them take a second look? What name is going to stick in their mind? What sort of product and service? You can just get a little bit deeper. When it comes to visual branding, have a think about the colors, how they're going to present online, but also in real life. If you are planning on having printable products or like a sign on the side of a like a bus shelter or a bus itself, you know, have a little think about how your brand colors are going to present themselves in different mediums. You may like to have a think about whether or not you want a logo. You should definitely have a mission statement and a mission statement can be as in-depth and detailed as you like. It can be pages and pages and pages, or it can be a simple statement. Um, yeah, so have a mission statement, which is just about what you're hoping to achieve. You can also have a bit of um, information in your brand Bible about your ethos. What do you stand for as a company? What won't you stand for? What are your standards? What will you accept? And this can just be really useful. It's just a useful exercise to sit down and do and hold yourself to a standard, such as when we rebranded, I was saying to Jordan, I really want to have the standard that if I'm not happy with a podcast interview, I'm not going to upload it. Because there were times in the past under the Kylie Camps branding when I would go ahead and upload a podcast interview just because I thought, oh, there might be one helpful thing in there, but I wasn't really in love with the whole episode or I might have just felt like a bit embarrassed about the quality or the end result. Whereas with the fray, I really wanted to uphold a higher standard of audio quality, research and just a higher like a better quality finished product. So when you're going through your brand Bible, you might come up with a couple of like boundaries surrounding your business that you're going to use as your North Star to guide you towards where you want to be. 
Your brand Bible might also include a mood board. I love a mood board. Um, When our graphic designer sent through the mood board for the fray, I was like, yes, that is so it. So a mood board is just a general um, visual representation of the whole mood and energy and overall aesthetic of your business. And I think a mood board is important regardless of the type of business you are doing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you think of Frank Bod, I think they do their branding incredibly well. They started off as a, just having a coffee body scrub. I'm sure you've heard of Frank. If not, go over and have a look. But all of their branding is really cohesive and it's all from the perspective of Frank. So, um, and Frank is like their character. It's the way that they talk to their community. It's the way that their product speaks. So when you buy a Frank Bod product, it has on there like a little saying that says, hey, babe, you're about to get naked or something like that. And it's all just so well done and so clear that it is their unique voice. So you might want to even just have a look at brands that have that really specific, clear, obvious perspective, because I think that's really, really powerful in a business. That's what can leave a legacy. It's what sticks in your mind. It's what makes you feel part of something, which leads me to my last and final tip for this episode, which I'm willing to give as many tips as I possibly can if this is the sort of episode you're interested in. So I will rely upon hearing from you if you want more episodes like this. And you can let me know over via leaving a comment on Instagram um, or in the Frey Facebook group. So you can join the Frey Facebook group in our show notes. The link is in our show notes. Um, And it's just a free group you can come and be part of. So you can leave um, questions and feedback there as well. But last but last and not least, oh my gosh, I'm getting tongue-tied, is being part of something. It's important to have a brand voice, but it's really more important that you've got people who are listening to your brand voice because you can have the most refined brand. You can have the breast band Bible, the best mission statement, the best product. You can have the very best service. And it literally doesn't matter if anyone, like if no one knows about you, it doesn't matter how good the thing is that you've got. You've got to have someone to sell to. I would say it's far more important that you've got an audience that you're selling a product to that, you know, is it's like a brand new product. You've never done it before, but you're going to pull the trigger and get the product out there because you've got an audience versus spending time years and years refining to get this amazing product. But then when it's time to pull the trigger, there's no one there to sell it to. Does that make sense? What I'm saying is it's so much more important to build a community than it is to spend years and years and years crafting this thing that if you're not also growing a community at the same time, it doesn't matter how good the thing is. So when it comes to growing a community, building an audience, building a fan base, a database, that is or it can be a unique skill set that you might not be comfortable acquiring, but it's essential. It is absolutely essential and there are different ways to do it. 
Now, obviously, and perhaps not obviously if you're not familiar with me, but one of my strongest legs of business is social media. It is a way that people can get to know me a little bit, to understand me a little bit, to trust me, hopefully a little bit, and to be interested in what I'm doing. And I wasn't always comfortable getting on camera and talking and sharing my thoughts. It's not like just one day I woke up and decided, oh, I'm going to spew all of my thoughts out and I'm going to be really comfortable. I built up to that. I've had my social media accounts for eight years now and bit by bit, I've become more comfortable. And then I go through stages where I retreat and I'm not the best. Like I am not the best at social media. I'm not active on TikTok. Like I probably should be if I want to maintain relevance. So I'm certainly not putting myself up on a pedestal of going, I am a social media expert. No. But what I am saying is that social media is a very important component of getting in front of an audience, I believe. And it can absolutely feel like a beast and overwhelming, but it's exciting. You know, if you think back to 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, to get in front of an audience, you might have had to rely upon a TV ad or radio ad, an actual billboard, knocking on people's doors, doing a letterbox drop, all of those things. And some of those things are still really relevant now, but just in different ways. Whereas social media is exciting because it does give the lay person, it gives every person who wants to and has the ability to afford access to it, the chance to share, to share, to get in front of other people, to build community, to connect all of those things. So social media is important, growing an audience, growing a following. And when I say following, you're better off to have 20 people online who are invested in you and want to hear from you versus having 2 million people who are never going to really buy into anything that you are talking about with any degree of actual care. When it comes to an audience, keep in mind that you want depth over width. Now, obviously, I am speaking specifically about growing an online audience, and it's really important to grow an email list. If you have an email list, that means those people are giving you permission to talk directly to them. It means they want to hear from you, and this is a really effective way of connecting and letting people know what you are up to. Now, growing an audience doesn't have to just be online. Your audience might be, say, for example, you're starting play groups. So you want your audience to be in real life in your community. So how are you going to get in front of those eyes or those ears um, and let people know about what you're offering? So sticking with that example of saying you want to start a play group in your community, just because that's the first thing that popped into my mind, maybe you want to be printing off brochures and going to the local health clinic where people have babies or the local or like local daycares and asking if you can leave flyers there have a bit of a brainstorm and think about how are you going to access your ideal customer avatar where are they spending their time and for a lot of us we are spending our time on the social media platforms so you want to think about using those for sure and what voice and what way you are going to speak with them And I don't mean when I say voice, like your actual audio voice, I mean your brand voice. How are you going to connect with them? How are you going to communicate the problems that you can solve for these people? So those are just five things that come to mind when I think about tips for starting or rebranding a business. One, those naming, like naming steps that you absolutely need to take about registering and social accounts. 
you're thinking about the pain point, the problems that you're solving, your brand Bible, thinking about your ideal customer avatar, where do they spend their time, who are they, and then how are you going to get in front of people? Those are five things that I would encourage you to keep in mind if you are considering starting a business anytime soon. Again, if you like this style of episode, absolutely let me know. And if you do, I can plan more like this and I can perhaps interview people who are further down the line in their business journeys or have a different experience than the one that I am able to speak on. I hope that you enjoyed it. Let me know and I look forward to speaking with you soon. This is what I want. This is what I need. If you don't have to go, I can set you free. Are you What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.